Off Record Season 1, brought to you by myself, Show and Jace, the two frontmen of the gents, speaking with creative professionals in their respective fields. In this season, we dive deeper into the subject matter touched upon in the songs on our recently released EP, The Vibe. You can expect to hear engaging conversation surrounding the topics of faith, masculinity, clubbing culture in London, owning a business, being an artist, and of course, all the vibes and chat whilst we're in the studio. If you like what you're hearing or seeing, hit like, subscribe, share, and comment as we invite you to join us on this journey and grow the community. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. Hi. Right, so off record, we're here today, obviously myself and Jason, and today we are interviewing or having a discussion with, and we always like the guests to introduce themselves, so we're going to start off with you, Fontaine. Yes, hello, I'm Fontaine, the creative founder of Biscuit, and we've come here today from the Wirral, uh, travelled over um, to talk to you guys. Perfect. We'll pass it on. All right. And I'm Rose and I work as the creative director at Biscuit. Lovely, nice. lovely. So, sorry, where did you say you'd come down from? <laughs> We'd come down from Wirral. Wirral? Yes. Okay. And that's in Liverpool, right? Just over the water from Liverpool, yeah. Okay. Okay. So we're still in the Merseyside region. Still have the accents. <laughs> yeah. So the creative founder and the creative director of Biscuit. What is Biscuit for people that don't know? So Biscuit is a pottery painting studio where people are invited to come along, choose from plain items of pottery, spend time painting on their own designs, and then we glaze and fire their items, turning them into fully functional pieces of pottery, whether that be a mug, a plate, a vase... Um, and yeah, we it's an experience for people to come and enjoy and explore their creative side. It sounds very um, bespoke and personal. It is, mm-hmm. and I think that's what attracts a lot of people to the studio um, to find out what we're all about, something different. And um, yeah, brilliant. Mm-hmm. And what 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 attracted you to Biscuit? Um, or did Biscuit? Attra- yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which way around did it work? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Biscuit attracted my mum. And okay. every time I couldn't <laughs> find where my mum was, I would walk into Fontaine's shop and I'd be like, is my mum in here? And there she was painting. Uh, my mum's an artist. Both my parents right. uh, grew up and studied art. So she was so happy when she found somewhere that was so near her that she could do some sort of creative. Um, she did a lot at the start when Fontaine was like sort of building the start of the business. She did a lot of painting. She did a lot of samples. She did a lot of like work with Fontaine just to kind of almost like build the customer's experience um so she was quite a big part at the start of it um and I didn't really I didn't really go in that often mum talked about you all the time (laughs) (laughs) and I think that really showed how special Fontaine is to all the customers personally from my mum's experience of going in the shop saying hi to Fontaine to now working there um which was kind of by chance I was originally waiting for a job on the NHS and then through COVID all these like delays happened and I've waited about nine months oh wow and previous to that Fontaine was like would you like to come out and help and I said yeah that'd be fine it was in lockdown so we were kind of editing things to do around the shop and I kind of just haven't left um <laughs> because the atmosphere is so great and now I've got to know kind of the customers and the people like my mom that love going there and, and why they love going there mm-hmm. so that now I come home and start talking about Fontaine <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that sounds like such a special discovery um, mm. that's quite fulfilling as well. Yeah. From the sounds of it. Definitely. That's brilliant. 
Um, so there was there was one thing that came instantly to mind. Obviously, I asked you where you came down from as a loaded question because obviously I know it's in the Liverpool region. But Fontaine, obviously, you grew up where we grew up. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So, so what what um, inspired the move in a sense of starting a new business? Yeah. In was it a foreign territory to you? Was it was it new terrain? Yeah, it totally was. So born and raised in Ilford and then moved up to Liverpool for university. Um, after I finished my degree, stayed and was working over on the Wirral and eventually made the move to that side, to the village where the shop is, Oxton Village. Um, so living there, I didn't actually have much time to like explore it because I was always at work during the hours where everything was open but I could see that there was a lack of places for people to go that included everybody so we have like two quite significant pubs so if you're into drinking yeah that's absolutely fine but the village is so beautiful but there weren't really many places where you could actually spend time there and enjoy being there Mm -hmm. um And then I came across the pottery painting studio on a visit back down south. And that was my first sort of interaction with that type of business. Oh, brilliant. And instantly was captivated and felt like, oh my goodness, this would be absolutely perfect in the village that I live in. Oh, that's that's interesting. what sparked off the journey um, towards developing and creating Biscuit. And then I'd say about two years into that, alongside working, I got to the point where I was just like, okay, this idea is a bit bigger than an idea now and I'm either going to have to let it go or take the leap and give it a try. And you, well, you guys know me. There was only one answer. It was, it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, and from that moment, it was a month before the doors were open. Um, it was wow. a case of <laughs> once around, you've yeah. found your property, that's it. The rent start needs to be paid, so you need to open those doors and have customers. So, so what was that month like for you in terms of pressure, in terms of excitement, <laughs> uh, mental health? What, what were your coping mechanisms? Yeah, sure. So the first time around, it was, like I say, brand new to me. So it did involve pretty much just tunnel vision it was wake up straight out of bed straight onto the first thing until you can't keep your eyes open any longer (laughs) sleep and then back again so that was literally the pattern for about a month um and then like I say that got to the point where the doors then had to be opened and in all honesty the first day I was open was the first day all of the shutters were actually lifted from the shop. Wow. And I was stood there sort of like, oh my goodness, <laughs> this is actually open. <laughs> and then before that thought could go through my head, the first customers came through the door and I was just like, oh my God, this is kind of real and people actually want to come here. <laughs> and the shop's been open bar the period of time throughout COVID since that day and it's just been a huge learning curve up until the point where things started to get a bit more familiar a bit more comfortable and knew what I was doing um and yeah that was was how it it all got started brilliant I always find that um the process of an idea in your head 
now coming into fruition and actually being a physical thing like a shop that you can walk into and buy something and paint a bit of pottery mm-hmm. i always find that almost like a spiritual experience because it's something that no one can see doesn't really exist other than in your head mm-hmm. and you've brought that into reality um i also feel like the picture that's in your head when you bring it into reality there's always things that you don't necessarily account for mm-hmm. um, and things that you might miss that things that are really prominent in your picture in your head when you bring it into existence is that actually that's also important that's also not important mm-hmm. so were there any sort of like challenges you incurred in opening and starting the business that you that you didn't see in your head that you had to adjust when you were actually bring it into reality definitely so it still continues to some degree today, that sort of firefight response. Um, you know, you can, every time the door opens or the phone rings, it can be a brand new request that you haven't considered beforehand. Mm-hmm. So I would say what was a big surprise for me was the uptake of adults to the studio. So often when you're looking at a creative business, people's first thought is, oh, I can bring the kids here, I can bring the kids here. But it wasn't, that wasn't the primary focus for me. Mm-hmm. I, w- I was creating a place for everybody, right. but I could see myself there in the visions and the plans. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can see that influence in the design of the shop and the layout that it definitely is, I hope, an environment that, adults see themselves there just as much as children do um so so yeah the requests coming through for things like baby showers and hem parties where I thought that might have taken that might have required me to be a bit more established before they came through mm-hmm. were coming through right from the beginning and so that was a s- sort of situation where it was like oh, okay maybe I have nailed it like I have mm. got that appeal correct um and then you respond accordingly um another thing which comes to mind is the fact that sometimes when the vision is in your head you think it involves you and only you and you Mm. can do it all Mm -hmm. and you you quite quickly (laughs) realize you can do it all Mm. for a very short period of time (laughs) (laughs) but also in terms of scale um and I'm glad you brought the spirituality um, aspect to it, show was with the scale sometimes of the idea that you have in your mind, um, again, realising that it takes more hands on deck to, to build the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you sort of plan that out? How did you sort of phase it? How did you say, okay, cool, this is what I want it to look like on day one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've obviously had a creative hand over the whole process because you've curated the space that has obviously attracted all all levels of, of ages, of, of different sort of occasions, etc. Mm-hmm. So how did you sort of scale that? How did you plan that out? Okay, so I would say, for me, it touches upon two things you've mentioned. Being in somewhat of a foreign land to me, the biggest factor in letting somebody in was trust. Right. Um, your dream, your livelihood that you're building, it's like who else is going to represent you and your business? Yeah. Um, so it took a long time before people were let in 
as such. Yeah. And that all came about through relationships I'd built with customers and then the people that they brought with them, like Rose explained. So, you know, knowing her mum and her being able to identify mm. that, oh, actually, I think my daughter and you could work well together and, it, you know, put put that pairing together made something like quite special I think so um, it's almost it's almost testament to that build it and they will come sort of notion right yeah you do have that approach where of course you could put an advertisement out for someone to come work there and that does happen people come in with their CVs oh, you know you, you get these sacks and it's all great but it can be quite daunting when you're taking that first step towards bringing somebody along yeah a CV is a piece of paper yeah. with writing on it it doesn't really instill any sort of trust with you. Because mm. um, I, I suppose there's a degree of um, protectiveness of, of your baby, so to speak, in a sense of not only it has to look and feel the way you want it to, but people also need to receive it mm-hmm. in the way you intend it. Yeah. Um, so in terms of, Rose, how did... Okay. Mm-hmm. So the introduction has occurred via your, your mother being involved and, and obviously having an attraction to what Fontaine had created and set up. How how did the process sort of affect you? What attracted you then what sort of we we touched upon, you touched upon what's kept you there? Um, so I've lived on the Wirral for, well, since I was about two and a half. So I've lived by the village since I was about two and a half. So I've seen a lot of businesses come and go. I've seen right. a lot of you know, startups close. I've seen a lot of businesses establish and move away. Um, And when I saw this new place, it was always exciting um, because with such a small village, a a shop opening is quite a big deal and it's what people talk about. Right. Very much a village. (laughs) Um, So you get the lowdown from everyone. um, And my mum used to come home and she'd go, oh, I went to the pottery shop today. And I go, oh, yeah. And she was like, and I've made this, and I've made this, and <laughs> she's fabulous. You need to go and meet her. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm sure I will. I was working full time. So right, right. it was kind of always hard to find a time to go. And I think I was a little bit reluctant because I guess I didn't really know what it was about. I knew my mom enjoyed it, and I knew that's something that we would enjoy together. Mm. I didn't know that I would enjoy it like separately as well or with my friends or... Mm. Um, so I go off one day and I just go and get a coffee. And by the way, the coffee's amazing. Uh, <laughs> that's half of the pull, really. Um, <laughs> we've just started doing donuts as well, and just everyone's coming in for the donuts. <laughs> so wait, hold on, wait, 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 wait. I'm just getting a brainwave, right? So you can <laughs> you can build your mug to have coffee and now dunk your donut. Absolutely. The, wow. If that's what <laughs> okay. you want to do, that's what we can wow. do. Wow. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, and so I, I came to help out and I was like, oh, it'd be lovely. I've not really had experience of working in that area. I've mainly worked in sort of like the food based hospitality. i um, never really like sort of like partially retail. Um, and again, I, it's not that I wasn't confident. I'd been in hospitality before and um, just not that area. So it was all quite new to me. And we starting in lockdown, we didn't actually see a lot of the public. A right. lot of the stuff they did was background. Right. Um, we converted the garden into sort of like a nice little terrace where people could sit outside. So eventually when the restrictions let us, we could have people outside. We did a lot of work um, trying to waterproof the outside. That was a fiasco. <laughs> <laughs> we figured it out in the end. Um, we spent a lot of time drilling holes and brick walls 
<laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And you know what? You laugh, but actually, we did a lot of the work ourselves. Mm-hmm. Fontaine was tiling a little kitchen. I built benches for outside. Mate, I've been there when I was doing my when I was doing my place up. Um, my dad had done some pipes for a shower, mm-hmm. and I remember I was getting gonna say anxious <laughs> at finishing the place, <laughs> and um, I was installing the shower. And uh, I bent the pipe too much, and then I came oh back no. the next day, and I had a swimming pool for a, oh. for a ground floor. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah. there was a lot. I mean, there was a lot of just mostly Fontaine going. I think we should do this, and I'm saying, well, why don't we do it? And then she would say, well, this reason, this reason, this reason. I've not done that before, and I well, well, why don't we just watch a YouTube video and have a go? And then this became applied to everything so much so that Fontaine was planning to do like kind of evening classes and workshops. And it was something that you've been planning to do for like probably well over a year and a half. Mm -hmm. There was all these beautiful handmade clay pots that she spent hours making and then putting in the back thinking, I'm not sure whether this is something that people would want. Mm-hmm. So hand building clay workshops, wow. and I came in and I was like, "What? What is all this stuff doing here?" Yeah, <laughs> excuse me. Ex- I was like, excuse me. Um, wh- what is this for? And you were like, "Oh, I-, I was thinking about doing clay workshops, but you know, I don't know." And I was like, "Hmm, I think we can work on that." And so I had a little thought, and I have a couple of different jobs, and I went to my other jobs and I mentioned it to someone at my other job. And they said, I've got a friend who's a ceramicist who's done clay workshops in high schools before. Wow. So I mentioned it to her. I got the number. I came back to Fontaine and I said, I've got this woman that can help us out. She studies ceramics. She does uh, workshops in summer schools with clay. I've got someone that can run it. Wow. Uh Um, And then pretty much in a week, (laughs) that was it. We started. When that happened, did you feel those chills? Did you feel like, wow, like this is. It was, I mean, it was. I feel like it was a significant turning point. So I like I agree there was this point of like, what are the chances of that happening? It, right. What are the yeah. chances of... Did, did you feel it? Definitely. Because <laughs> I felt it just yeah. now. I was like, ooh. I was like, yeah. That, that yeah. sounds like if it's meant to be, yeah. it's meant to be. Yeah. Totally. Like, I mean, I mean, what are the chances of that? Yeah. So we got in contact and we, we interviewed her and we got some shots for marketing and we established it and... We originally put the rates at a certain amount and we didn't know how much interest we were going to get. We were like, even if it flunks it, we'll just do it. You know, kind of not really understanding maybe how popular it was going to be. And immediately we got something like 12 people booked on. Wow. Within a week, people were like, we would really like to do do this. Because obviously uh, the majority of the business was at the moment was painting kind of pre-made items, which is great and popular and creative. But some people said, can we actually do something with clay? And obviously... Fontaine's had these questions like probably throughout the years and then as soon as we put them out there we had regulars we had new people mm-hmm. um someone came in the shop the other day and started asking about clay workshops it's a common interest and we're trying to do at least one a month now brilliant um so we do those in the evenings and they're so popular and seeing what people can create with just a slab of clay we do things like imprinting flowers um lots of themed workshops it's it's been amazing um, it really has. I'm I'm gonna let you go because I'm aware <laughs> I've just hit with like a Gatling gun of questions. I am I am fully aware with that, but I've got, I've got two two more things Excuse to say. So, 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 so it sounds like you had what I've struggled with personally is um, that creative disposition of I've made something, 
is my offering good enough in anyone else's eyes other than my own? Mm-hmm. And then you look at it for, for a little bit longer and it's like, it's even good in my eyes, man. Yeah. You know, absolutely. and and it takes someone like Rose there to come in and say, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> like, let's put these in the shop front, please. Yeah. 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 And then my second point, well, that was a point. This is the question. <laughs> so, so, so the question is, so you've been inspired by something you, as you've seen down here uh-huh. in South mm-hmm. London to <laughs> us. <yeah. laughs> but, um, and then you've been innovative with that. You've taken it up there mm-hmm. to a place where you're at and you've made it work and you've created a community around what you've created. Mm-hmm. And what I'm hearing and what I'm seeing is the support of a creative community just harmonising and 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 carrying you forward and carrying you forward and creating creating this little vibration in a space where it's, yeah. where it's like people are attracted to it and it gives out as well like a spring. And that's beautiful. Definitely. You articulated that perfectly. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> but do you, do, you, do you get that sense of community? You must do. Oh, 100%. Like both of us will tell you every time. It's, it's not like about us. It's about, it's its own thing. Mm-hmm. We're just like lucky enough to be able to sort of be the facilitators for what gives out to the community and we get a lot back in return there are like so many heartfelt moments whether it's items that are special to someone because they've like passed away um Mm. items from birthday parties that people are going to treasure forever um we do things like baby prints and hand prints Mm -hmm. and there's just a lot of special unique and almost like you're not able to re- reproduce those moments and mm-hmm. they yeah. are made in the shop. And I think every time I walk home from work, I just think about them. They they really do make me feel so happy and lucky to be able to work in somewhere where we can really create not only a physical item, but like a memory. A tangible somewhere. memory, yeah. yeah, yeah just it, And just out of the ordinary as well, because it's it's not a picture per se. So yeah, you, when you very different, when you it? handle it, you're thinking about everything that went into that yeah. and what it meant. That's very special. I find that a lot with creative things is, it's not even just what you create; it's it's where you were and what you were doing and what was on your mind when you were creating it. That's is that right. it's expression, right? Uh-huh. So I suppose someone's expressing all that they're going through, and that's why we can look at even certain albums or certain movies, and it takes us back to a certain time in our mm-hmm. lives, and that's what. Are you gonna ask about ghost? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not we get this quite frequently. Be, I, I wasn't time. going to, but go, ahead, go ahead. No, I was just asking. <laughs> I'm <laughs> done my questions. But <laughs> 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 yeah, I was gonna ask. I got something different, but that seems relevant to. Right I feel anyway. like that is like the third time I've heard that in like the last day. Because <laughs> I tell people everywhere I go, and they ask me like where I work. I told them, I'm like, we do all these things, and immediately they start playing the song. <laughs> 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 Um, I'm yet to actually watch the scene hilariously everyone's <laughs> referencing to it I know exactly what happens but I've never actually seen it so that's something I want to go home and do just so yeah. <laughs> I'm going to stop because I could I could go off but yeah I'm, I'm yeah. going to stop <laughs> what I was actually going to ask is that um, you've touched on sort of three things I don't know if you realise it you've touched on three things that have affected a lot of people mm-hmm. so the first thing is evening classes so everyone's trying to reskill obviously with a lot of jobs now even before the pandemic a lot of things have sort of changed and what they're saying is going to be the future mm-hmm. isn't what's current now so loads of people are retraining and whether that be even soft skills or things that are all vocations mm-hmm. and you've opened up to doing evening classes 
another thing that you've mentioned as well, or that you didn't necessarily mention, but that your business kind of does, is the high street has died. We've kind of not noticed it as much, because again, because of the pandemic. So shops that have shut, we haven't been on the high street to see that they're not there anymore. Yeah. Um, but before that, if you realise in the news, it was all the time, this shop shut, this massive chain that's been open for years is shut. And the direction of the high street has very much gone towards experiences as opposed to um, just purchasing things. Because a lot of purchasing happens online now. Yeah. So that's one of the um, sort of exogenous things that have happened that have affected businesses. And then the third thing is the, the one that everyone knows is the pandemic, right? It's <laughs> yeah. been inescapable. So um, feel free to reference the other two, the evening classes and the and the high street. But the pandemic in particular, because I know that's when you started working for the business. And obviously you said you had a role that you were waiting to get into mm-hmm. and that didn't kind of, kind of got delayed, et cetera. How has that affected you? How have you managed, in particular, that exogenous effect, um, sort of like scenario, the thing that's just been put on you? Uh-huh. Um, as well as the scenario and the change in landscape of the business world and the world in general. Yeah, so to summarise, I suppose when the pandemic first hit, um, it was all new to everybody and it was strange for me because I was hearing everything transpire through the radio on my own in the studio and it was all very quick. You know, we were talking days notice and the first time it came, I saw, it sort of registered with me. I was I sat there and I thought, oh, you know, I've have I've been meaning to start a website. You know, because of the village location, it wasn't. Despite it being twenty nineteen, I was still able to like keep going with very minimal online presence. And when you start it on your own, there's a long list of things that need <laughs> doing, and it just gets longer. It never gets shorter. So I sat there and I thought, okay, it's going to be vital that I have a an online presence. And I honestly spent, I think it was about five hours and put something up online, you know, representing Biscuit. And then we were told, yeah, everyone's got to sort of shut. And I, I don't know, just put my ideas together um, and thought, okay, how do we, how do I create something that people can still keep purchasing whilst they're at home? So we put everything as takeaway kits. So packaged up in a nice little way so that they could, have an activity to whilst they're at home and then once we're allowed to open up again or move around again they could still bring the items back get them glazed and fired so nobody would have to lose out so that was like the initial response and in the like the hours leading up to being closed local people were like flocking and saying oh we've seen you doing these takeaway kits can we grab what we can because nobody knew how long it was going to be (laughs) people were thinking oh god what are the kids going to do and what am I going to do so immediately saw like quite a quick uptake of that I mean Um, it's a big level up on adult colouring books isn't it absolutely (laughs) yeah (laughs) absolutely and I think as well people people were over the course of it realizing actually I have got the time to do this now they did before, mm-hmm. but because of the environment, they weren't able to identify that they did. Yeah. But now when you can't leave your house, <laughs> and they, yeah. you know, it was like, okay, I've got time to kill. So that was pretty cool. Um, as it continued, you know, we had the first lockdown, came out of that not knowing what to expect. Um, quite quickly, the community... We're like back in the shop kind of like, oh, we're so glad to see that, you know, you're doing something. Everybody was like quite responsive. And the thing I suppose that resonated with me the most is a lady who is a doctor 
and she'd come to the shop when it was open several times and she had said to me because I was chatting with her and explaining like the stress that she was under except you know and all the work that they've been doing and she said to be honest with you it's stuff like giving people things to do at home to keep their mental health in check Mm. that is helping us as well because it's you know it's slowing things down it's addressing issues in a different way yeah to people like you know heading straight to like say the doctor etc and i was just like oh my gosh i didn't really think uh think well, about it, it that people way will express themselves whatever way they can whether it's through art or if it's going to the doctors and telling them their problems people need expression it's it's, it's needed yeah, yeah. And if you bottle it all up that's what gives you mental health issues isn't it yeah. i've yeah. also yeah exactly so if you bottle it up i think that's the key pivot point there in, in a sense of even sometimes just doing a different activity um and if you catch someone just after they've done something that's taken them to a different physical and emotional space uh-huh. and then you talk to some they'll just be more open and more forthcoming um they'll realize things through that process because it's quite meditative as well mm-hmm. um coming from a person who does used to do a lot more art as well uh-huh. um, but i know even when i do my diy and stuff going through that process if you want to talk to me after I'm an emotional wreck, you know, but no, yeah. <laughs> but, but, um, but I fully get and appreciate that. Um, so another question that I thought of social was, <laughs> so we're talking a lot about the goodness that a business can bring mm-hmm. and create around it and have that sort of perpetual flow in a sense of put out, put in, put out with like, give and take within mm-hmm. the community, create a community. When it boils down to just money mm-hmm. and that sink or swim sort of notion, mm-hmm. what was your motivation other than, oh, this could work, this could work up there? Was it sort of like, okay, I'm doing it for the love, or I'm doing it for the money? And what's, how do you balance that? Because that is always difficult for me. Yeah. Um, so you're right on... A certain level, it has to make sense, otherwise it can't keep going. Um, but whichever direction you go in, it's navigated by your original motive. Right. And I think that will always show through, regardless of what situation you're faced with. And for me personally, and I'm learning very quickly, the <laughs> finance side of things wasn't a main focus um to start off with that was one of the I suppose like aspects which I contracted out so it was a case of got an accountant she can deal with all the figures side of things I need to focus on the hundred other things and it all boiled down to in my head it was just a case of as long as I'm able to maintain the same level of lifestyle that I have without you know without it causing any like huge impact to anybody else i would i'd keep going okay sort of thing um so everyone would people tell you different advice or make sure you this make sure you that and i would sort of nod along but it was just the case of well i'm still here i still (laughs) have my house i still this and i don't advise this but there were periods of time of it was just that annual period when you have to submit your uh, (laughs) tax forms and everything and that was the time I'd cringe and think, oh, God, what's the accountant going to tell me? What's she going to tell me? And then when she'd turn around and say, yep, everything's okay, I'd be like, sigh of relief inside. <laughs> so it wasn't about, like, how much or how big 
at the initial stage it was just okay I'm doing something right I'm getting enough people through the doors and it's all going but then it does get to that realization point like and that was for me triggered by coronavirus yeah because everybody from the blind side was faced with a decision what is your approach is it fold is it hold tight is it reinvent like Mm. So it did. I think it forced everybody to look at the financial situation. And I did. And I started to like upskill. So mm-hmm. started to understand the finances of the business, how it was working. And what I thought would be a scary process wasn't. Right. It actually unlocked a lot more understanding of what we were doing and how that translated in numbers. So I. I was going to ask, <laughs> do you dis- would you say there's a distinction between your offer, a distinction between your offering and your business? And I think you were almost just going to tell me <laughs> that there isn't, but there is a little bit. But <laughs> we'd like to think that there isn't because we're offering something good. <laughs> <laughs> I would kind of say when it was just me, the implications were different. When you start bringing on like people working for you, your position or working for the business, your position changes to, you know, you've got a responsibility to them mm, as well. You can't okay. be doing this blindly and hoping you make enough money. It's <laughs> it's now like getting real and there's, you need, you know, <laughs> you need to kind of be making enough to pay people's wages and to ensure that they want to be there too. Um, so... I don't know if I've diverted from answering yeah, your question. <laughs> well, it's okay. It's all right. Well, to be honest, I know I can imagine a lot of people listening to this will be thinking, oh, I wonder what kind of numbers there are on the sheet. And I've never been a pocket watcher or endorse that kind of thinking. Mm-hmm. But I suppose my next question kind of does reveal a little bit. Uh-huh. So you're now at the point of expansion uh-huh. where you're looking to go into another unit, That's which obviously right. must mean that you must be doing okay at least or on the surface anyway yeah um i'm actually gonna throw this question to you rose (laughs) (laughs) so and i'll throw it back to you after Uh but it'd be interesting to see what it's like when you're like a in your role of a creative director in a business how are you seeing that because the the, the founder's now at a stage where okay we're ready to expand this we're ready to take on a second unit what are the challenges you're seeing with that and what are you obviously with with something that's growing it's managed very differently from something that's just sort of like plodding along so how are you finding that change and that and that growth I mean uh nine months on from working with Fontaine it feels profound to be moving on to like not only a new space but a much bigger space that's going to be functioning on like a, a different level mm-hmm. um I feel like in the like previous weeks I've learned a lot more about that side of things and how the finances work and how the funding works and the profit margins Mm -hmm. and even though money you know we don't want it to be an object I can guarantee going through it all you know if you obviously I'm just speaking from someone that's worked alongside Fontaine who is you know pretty successful in her business anything that she can make she will reinvest reinvesting in your business is clearly such a big priority yeah. whether that's reinvesting in the people that you employ I was just gonna say yeah. like me yeah. or reinvesting in your customers what can make their experience better or reinvesting in yourself 
and giving yourself a bigger chance, more opportunities to help you grow. And I feel like that is one of the most vital parts. It's very fulfilling, isn't it? Mm-hmm, definitely. Um, it's been amazing to watch it all go. And it's it felt a little bit of imposter syndrome. Um, really? Just sort of, yeah. I mean, I'm 21 years old. Um, I'm going to uni in September. It feels like my life is very much kind of actually starting now. Mm-hmm. Um, after doing a couple of different jobs. So it just feels like um, a little bit surreal for me. Um, but I'm so happy that in a way, like Fontaine has not only given me an opportunity, but taken me seriously. That's brilliant. Because as a young person, I think sometimes... <laughs> as a young person, I think sometimes you feel like just because you're younger and you maybe lack experience, people don't see the skills that you might already have and she has always taken me seriously. Wait, I would have not thought you were 21. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Like, <we're> <laughs> very mature, no yeah. way. Yeah. Like in terms Thank of you. the creative um, sort of ideas that you, you've discussed and, and how you analyse things when you came on board, that's very mature. You've clearly got a business. What are you going to, you I, need to do? I'm actually going into nursing. Nursing? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's, that's a bit different. <laughs> um, yeah, I've spent the, the last two years basically in the, job that I love which is looking after people and I think maybe that shows through in my role in absolutely in Biscuit and maybe that's why I'm, I'm so passionate um because I'm passionate about people being happy and I think I'm very in tune with that and I think in the shop that's quite a vital part of running it and I'm quite sad because I've kind of my passion has been into nursing looking after people mm-hmm. and that will still always be my passion but this kind of grew yeah. From a, si- a similar passion of really just caring about people. Yeah. And if you care about people, it just it just comes naturally to you. Absolutely. So even though I may sound like I have a decent idea of of business, I think that's only really through Fontaine's guidance. Oh, brilliant. And kind of experience. Wow, what a compliment. <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but your response, your reaction is exactly like how I felt. It yeah. In terms of like you know age and number versus maturity approach experience, yeah, um, it was never a factor when it came to working with Rose. It was always what she brought to the table shone through yeah. beyond any of those barriers, yeah. and you can see that instantly with the way we work together, with the way she works with like with customers, mm-hmm. and the contributions that she gives to the business. It's it's nothing to do with age. It's you no. know. I think lis- listening to you both, you both emanate from a place of um, care oh. more than anything else. And it, so. it, when you say nursing, I say, oh, that's a bit different. But actually, when I actually think about the conversation and what, what we've shared, it's not. It's no. it's actually quite homogenous. It's, it's a service yeah. that you're giving to the general public, regardless of the service. And you want them to be happy and you want them to have a positive experience, yeah. right? You watch, you're going to have so many business ideas doing that nursing course in the back yeah. of your Absolutely. book. Absolutely, <laughs> she's not going anywhere. Like, fun, fun. <laughs> I'm going to be running back and forth yeah. from the shop to the hospital like a lunatic. Um, but I can't wait. Yeah, yeah exciting new chapters. Yeah. yeah, I always say you can get 30-year-old boys and 18-year-old men mentality can define so much mm-hmm. and how someone sees things and it's a testament to yourself um oh, that you came you across all. so mature and so <laughs> understanding and you're already 21 it's yeah i wish i was that my head that screwed on when i was 21 I know. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely there's so many things yeah. i think nah boy i could go back and slap myself when i was younger <laughs> yeah boy yeah 
there'll be some strong licks. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but I think for me, one of my final questions is when you are, or if you ever are, I think you're, you're, you're obviously quite blessed to be in the position and the growth that you're going through. It's, it must be oh, amazing. Yeah, yeah it's 100%. Incredible. But when the, I mean, we all go through doubt. We all go through um, low points, even in our own personal psyche in terms of, we, are, we start asking silly questions when our faith should be up. Um, what are the things that you sort of remind yourself of or that you touch back on to say, do you know what? Let's just, let's just keep on like, we got this. Let's just, let's just keep on keeping on. Do you know what? To be fair, like for me, it's our, the way we work together. Like anytime there are, and they're not that frequent, those moments of imposter syndrome, of you know as we're growing we start have to interacting with people who have had a lot more experience who come from different departments and they're expecting answers from us mm-hmm. and it is that reminder of actually we are the ones with the answers rather than feeling that whole oh gosh like panic or mm. we, we don't know it's like no we do and we take those breaths and realize we're the ones that are there at the forefront. So we are the best people to answer those questions, which um, we look at each other later, maybe before going into a meeting where we're like, oh, oh, oh. And then it's just like, it just completely flips the script when it's like you have that confidence to kind of say, well, if we don't know the answer, we're the best people to figure out the answer. Um, because we're dedicated towards figuring it out the answer I, we will respond i feel like that's like the word dedicated is very important and right. i think with all of our employees at this point because we've got more than just me <laughs> um it's all about dedication to the shop no matter what happens whether i go off and have a different career i will always be a supporting role for fontaine and the shop but also just for fontaine in herself yeah. because I am so happy to be around someone that is gaining all the success and any support that I can have. You know, I am invested in you as a as a friend, as well as someone that owns a business, as well as a woman. Mm, yeah. um, I'm just emotionally invested in you as well as the business and um, I'll always be a supporting role, no matter That's what amazing. happens. Yeah. That's amazing. Good, and yeah. vice versa. It's, it's great to see that. Do you know what I mean? Like, as... Like when you are starting something on your own and someone's worked alongside you, I can see how people might think, oh, no, they can't go. But there's nothing better than knowing that actually you're fulfilling the things you need to do. And that contribution won't be lost. It will just be in a different way. Yeah. Well, I mean, my thing is your business won't grow if your people don't grow. Absolutely. Your business is growing, so your people must be growing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. That's brilliant. Yeah, I just think that's a, it's really nice to get a good overview of creativity of the business, the community side of the business. Um, it's even good to see that the numbers have worked because obviously people approach business in different ways as well. Some uh-huh. people approach it numbers first. Um, so I'm glad that the whole picture seems to be working out. And I'm sure there'll be challenges along the way, but yeah, yeah it seems like you've got a good team and it seems like it's, yeah, it's very interesting to hear some of the backstory behind the business because you can walk past a shop and not know that. Yeah. Um, so hopefully anyone that does walk past a shop hears this as well and gets to understand what goes on behind it and yeah and if you are hearing this hope you get to go and see the shop whatever yeah, way around it is definitely yeah. yeah so in summary it's biscuit uh-huh you're moving on to a new location yeah you're serving the community yeah you're giving out good vibes 
um, helping people with their mental health. Uh-huh. You're both strong women in business. Um, and I suppose the team reflects that as well. That's right. So in terms of where people can find you mm-hmm. online, um, you, you, you mentioned during during lockdown and what have you, you've, you've, you've set that up. So where, where can people find you? Where, where can people get ghosting? Yeah, so visitors of the, to the Wirral can find us um, in Oxton Village. So okay. we've got Biscuit Oxton and Biscuit at 54 St. James Street, which is in the Baltic Triangle area of Liverpool. Sounds very posh. <laughs> it's not, you know, to be fair, it's a district in Liverpool focused on independent creative businesses. Perfect, isn't it? So the perfect yeah. location for us and we're super excited to be there. And then online you can find us at biscuitoxton.com. So information will be on biscuit.com. And how are you spelling biscuit.com? I know it sounds like a silly question, but no, it's absolutely. Not. <laughs> so it's B-I-S-Q-U-E-I-T. O-X-T-O-N. I'm glad I asked. <laughs> <laughs> can you repeat that one more again, please? <laughs> yeah, sure. So you can find us at B-I-S-Q-U-E-I-T dot com. So biscuit dot com. And then we've got our sites in Oxton Village and in the Baltic Triangle area, St. James Street. Perfect. We'll put all the links in the in the belows and absolutely. what have you. Yeah, yeah. But it's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, thank, thank, thank you, you both. Me. And you're heading back up to the Wirral tonight. Absolutely. Straight back on a train and then into business meetings tomorrow for the new site. So. TikTok and it don't stop. <laughs> yeah. We'll save travels <laughs> and we'll catch you. up with you. Yeah? Definitely. Right, take care. Lovely.